0: Welcome to this presentation from the Downey Seventh-day Adventist Church. We are located in the greater Los Angeles area at 9820 Lakewood Boulevard in Downey, California. We would love to have you worship with us any Saturday you are in our area. Today's message is I Am Now. Here's Pastor Chris. Good to see you all today. How are you all? Let's pray. Father, as we now begin a new series, Lord, the I Am, as we begin the backstory, be with us in Jesus' name. Amen. There once was a minister who took pride in making sure that he visited all of his church members, especially though ones who were in the hospital. At one point, he went to the hospital, and he saw one of his parishioners. And uh, I don't know the exact uh, Backstory, but the parishioner had a tube going down his throat, so he was unable to speak, and he was hooked up to a bunch of sensors. And when the pastor saw, he thought, Oh my goodness, we need to pray, we need to anoint him. So he goes over, stands beside the parishioner, and he starts to pray really hard. Pretty soon he could hear some noises. From the from the church member and he thought, Oh, he's praying along, he's he's agreeing with me. And then finally with a hearty Amen, hey, he could see the parishioner was very animated. And he saw somehow the parishioner had his phone next to him, he grabbed it and he wrote and showed to the minister, You're standing on my oxygen tube. <laughs> The pastor thought he was given a hearty prayer and was blessed by the Spirit, and lo and behold, he was suffocating his very own church member. Oh, my goodness. Misunderstandings. Have you ever been misunderstood? (laughs) Misunderstandings. Today, we're going to talk about misunderstandings. Because we find in the book of John, in the... uh, The kickoff to today's uh, this uh, next series, I Am. We're going to talk about seven statements from Jesus where he says, I am the bread of life. I am the light of the world. I am the true vine. I'm the gate. I'm the shepherd. And we're going to discover a lot of things about Jesus. Beautiful, beautiful uh, sayings and statements that describe who the Son of God is. Now, to kind of get a little bit of a backstory, we're going we're gonna to study the book of John, chapter 8. Um, I didn't put it all on the slide because there's a good chunk of um, scripture, so we're going to go through pretty quickly. But to set up the scene, in John 8, in the very beginning, it was early in the morning. Jesus had gone up to pray, and when he came back to the temple, he began to teach, and in the middle of his teaching, the leaders came in and they brought a woman who'd been caught in adultery and placed her before Jesus and told her, you know, basically, uh, she's, she's committed adultery. She's supposed to be stoned. What do you say? Now, a lot of us have heard this story. And so uh, Jesus, as we know, starts and stoops down and he starts writing in the sand and eventually he comes back with those of you who are without what? Okay, can throw the first stone. And starting with the older individuals in this group, they start to walk away. So away from the younger I mean the older to the younger. And so finally it is just Jesus and the woman. And where Jesus then says, Where are your accusers? And she says, I'm not here. And he says, go and sin no more. I love that parable. I mean, not parable, but that story. And it's here in this backdrop that we set, which is actually going to be one of the next his statements that we talk about is, I am the light of the world. We're going to talk about that in two weeks. But just after that, the Jewish leaders are not satisfied because Jesus is a threat to their authority, to their livelihood, their way of life. And Jesus, in verse 31 of of chapter 8, he says, To the Jews who had believed him, Jesus said, If you hold my teaching, you are really my disciples. Then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you what? Free. Free. How many of you love freedom? Amen? I love freedom. I love being free. It's not being—it's not good when you feel like you have a ball and chain around your neck. Amen. Freedom and truth. So we find that Jesus, Jesus desired to give the people spiritual freedom from their sin, because they had no idea. They had grown up in, the, in this life, and that, to them, the law, in many respects, was everything. But Jesus sought to give them spiritual freedom from sin. William Barclay brings out uh, four aspects of truth. He says the first one is the truth brings people to freedom from fear. The next is the truth brings freedom from self, i.e. self-centeredness and the truth that Jesus is talking about brings freedom from other people. How many of you have ever thought about what other people think of you? Do we, do we live our lives and make our decisions based on what other people think of you and your decision-making? Hmm. And yet we also find that the truth brings freedom from spiritual sin. There was a dog. His name's Happy. And he's a big St. Bernese, right? Many, of the, many times St. Bernard, uh, we, we, uh, we see them as rescue dogs, right? I remember this uh, picture that I saw where he had a little first aid kit and water bottle uh, around his neck that he could carry around because he was on uh, a search and rescue party. But yet, Happy, his name was Happy, was afraid of some of the smallest and silliest things because, you know, St. Bernard's, they can be pretty big, right? They got that big hair on them. And recently, there was a, uh, the owner uh, was at a store and they were shopping and there was a little ball that made noises and they bought it for their son, Sebastian. And they came home. They put the, the toy, the ball, on the ground and the child was playing with it. And all of a sudden, he pressed it and it started making all of these sounds. And poor Happy sweet as could be wouldn't hurt a fly wouldn't try to bite a fly suddenly looks up and is instantly afraid sebastian picked up the ball and he kind of tossed it to happy and happy got up ran away tried to hide and she would uh, happy would do this all the time because happy even though it was a small little ball made some kind of sound that made Happy very scared, and yet Happy could have played with the ball; it was a toy. Here we see the Jews in this uh, in this story, where they don't know who they are dealing with, and they have totally misunderstood that Jesus was the Son of God, that Jesus was their Savior, and yet they were fighting him. And as we eventually read get to the point where they want to stone him. So, Jesus seeks to bring the Jews spiritual freedom. And yet we find that for the Jews, they they took great strength in who they were and where they came from. You see, the Jews misunderstood freedom didn't come from being an ancestor of Abraham, but through the saving power of Jesus. You'll find as we read, Abraham is our father. If you were Abraham's children, said Jesus, then you would do what Abraham did. You are doing these works of your own father. We're not illegitimate children. They protested. The only father we have is God himself. And Jesus said to them, if God were your father, you would love me for I have come here From God. I haven't come on my own. God sent me. Why is my language not clear to you? Because you're unable to hear what I say. And then he gets really, really... uh, (laughs) he, uh, he uh, uh, He amps the tone up. You belong to your father, the devil, and you want to carry out your father's desires. He was a murderer from the beginning, not holding to the truth, for there is no truth in him. And when he lies, he speaks his native language, for he's a liar and the father of lies. Remember, Jesus bring, came to bring what? Truth. When he lies, he speaks his native language, for he is a liar and father of lies. Can any of you prove me guilty of sin? I If I am telling the truth, why don't you believe me? Whoever belongs to God hears what God says. The reason you do not hear is that you do not belong to God. Now, Have you ever maybe perhaps been in a discussion before? And you were very, let's just say, passionate about your viewpoint. And yet the individual or the group that you were talking to and as you were dialoguing were making really, really great points that did not support your viewpoint. All of a sudden you finally realize that maybe you misunderstood the question Or you just don't, you realize you don't have an argument anymore, what do you do? Do you admit, okay, maybe I didn't see it all the way through, or (coughs) maybe you do know, but you don't want to what? You don't want to admit that you're wrong, right? Sometimes, uh, (coughs) excuse me, we don't like admitting when we're wrong because that means we have to change. Sometimes changing our viewpoint, especially in, in, in the eyes of, of the Jewish leaders, means radically, fundamentally changing their whole perspective of who they thought God was. Because the Jews didn't realize the Son of God was right there in front of them. And as they're getting angry and as they're getting upset, they realize they don't realize that they want to take the Son of God out. But Jesus comes not to cause problems, but to bring them freedom, to bring them life. Their salvation was not based on where they came from, but who saved them, who they are in Christ. So the Jews continue and answered, Aren't we right in saying that you're a Samaritan and demon-possessed? That's a pretty, uh, pretty strong language because, you know, it didn't hit me until this morning when they call him a Samaritan. Jews and Samaritans, remember Samaria, Jews, didn't get along. And on top of that, they call him a demon. You ever been called a demon? I've been called a lot of names, but I haven't been called a demon. That's a pretty, uh, pretty bold statement Aren't we right in saying that you're a Samaritan demon possessed? Jesus says, I'm not demon possessed, but I honor my father and you dishonor me. I'm not seeking glory for myself, but there is one who seeks it and he is the judge. Very truly, I tell you, whoever obeys my word will never see death at this they exclaimed, "Now we know that you are demon possessed." Abraham died, and so did the prophets. Yet you say that whoever obeys your word will never taste what? Will never taste death. Are you truly greater than our father Abraham? He died, and so did the prophets. Who do you? Who do you? Uh, who do you think you are? Okay. And so, from the perspective of the Jews, it's like here is this guy who comes in, and he basically says, "I am the son of God." Now let's. Also, let's just say somebody comes in through those double doors and comes up right here and stands next to me and says, I am the son of God. 99% chance probably we're going to think what? (laughs) You're not, you're, (laughs) you're not the son of God, right? Right? But in the eyes of, 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 of the Jews, I'm going to give them a little bit of a bone because they thought, hey, they don't recognize. But yet, in God's word, especially in Isaiah and the Psalms throughout the Old Testament, it talks about the coming Messiah. And if they'd read and they had listened, they would have realized who was standing before them. And then Jesus continues, If I glorify myself, my glory means nothing. My Father, whom you claim as your God, is the one who glorifies me. And though you don't know him, I know him. If I said I didn't, I would be like a liar like you. But I do know him and obey his word. Your father Abraham rejoiced at the thought of seeing my day he saw it and was glad and then they respond you're not even 50 years old and you've seen abraham okay how could you say you're you've seen abraham jesus says very truly i tell you before abraham was then he hits him with i am I am because you see in the eyes of the Jews, I am. Was a reference to the deity. If the Jews were true children of Abraham, they would have recognized Jesus as the son of God. So my bad, I skim through that says. So before Abraham was born. I am. And it's here at this point. They picked up stones to stone him, but Jesus hid himself, slipping away from the temple grounds. So Jesus makes this bold statement that he is God. You know, interestingly enough, as well, in the book of Exodus, there's another I am statement. Have your Bible. Let's go to Exodus 3. Sorry. Exodus 3. We find ourselves looking and seeing Moses who was tending a flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian. And as he's leading his flock, to the far side of the wilderness, he goes to Horeb and he sees this strange sight because he sees a bush. What is it doing? It's on fire, right? Any of you ever seen a burning bush? Not started by you or any, it's just randomly in the middle of nowhere. There's a burning bush. There's lots of bushes that burn here during September and October when fire season's going, but not a controlled burn like this. And when the Lord saw that he had gone over to look, God calls Moses, Moses. He says, here I am. And God says to what? Take off your shoes because you're standing where? You're standing on holy ground, right? And then the Lord proceeds to say, I've heard the cry of my people in Egypt. And he basically tells him, you're going to lead them out. And Moses, who'd been uh, away for some time, I believe, I think it was like 40 years, after he had fled Egypt, now God is calling him to go back, potentially to face the consequences of what he had done. Because remember, he didn't just leave, he fled. Why did he flee? Because he had murdered somebody. And he goes back, to not just go back, but to take all of... The Israelites out of Egypt, Egypt's workforce to do all the work that they normally would not want to have to do. Right. All the hard slave labor. And naturally, Moses is like, um, I don't in his head is like, I don't want to do that. In fact, he tries to argue with God. Well, God, I, I can't I can't speak well. So then he says, OK, I'll, I'll have Aaron, your uh, your brother, help you out. And, and I think Moses is probably trying to find ways to get out of this predicament in his eyes. But then Moses asks the question, suppose I go to the Israelites and say to them, the God of your fathers has sent me to you. And they ask me, what is his name? Then what shall I say to them? God says to Moses, I am who I am. This is what you are to say to the Israelites. I am has sent you. And we also find as well in the beginning book, uh, the first chapter in John 1, 1, in the beginning. Does that sound familiar? Where else can we find in the beginning? Genesis, right? So John, the writer of John, hearkens back gives a little, throws a little credit to Genesis. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. In R. K. ha lagas Lagos being the Word. We find that Jesus, who is the I Am, wasn't just a person who came out of nowhere, but was from the very beginning, who ordered the world's In the universe, who brought together everything, who is the I am from the very beginning, sent by God to God's people. And in this very temple, the Jewish leaders did not recognize him. David Bond writes, The Son of God, through whom the whole universe was made, comes to his own, should have been the object of their worship. He came to fulfill the whole law. He came to be among God's people. And he has no place in the temple dedicated to the God who sent him. Such irony. Amen? And the question I sometimes have to ask myself is, do I even recognize God sometimes even in my own life? Last night, uh, some of you found out that I like to ride bikes if you follow our social media. And last night, um, I've been trying to ride at least 15 minutes every day just for the month of October. And I'd gone through my whole day and realized, hey, I still need to get the 15 minutes in. So I got on my bike and I went across the street. There's this little loop that I found. And as I was reading, uh, as I was riding it, I looked down at my Garmin computer and I still had uh, maybe three minutes left. It was just under, it was like 1154. I turned the corner. And as I was going, there was a stoplight, I mean a stop sign in this neighborhood. And fortunately enough, as I, I, I saw the stop sign, normally I would have just tried to go as fast as I can. If I'd, been, if I'd chosen to go through as fast as I can three to four seconds er, uh, earlier, there was a car that was coming that literally blew the stop sign because I saw him take the, the, the turn really wide and really fast. You know how a car turns and then they try to overcorrect themselves? And then as soon as the next uh, street popped up on the left, that car just made an immediate left. I don't know the reason why they were, running, they were driving so fast. But I recognized the fact that if I had been riding three to four seconds earlier, I very clearly could have easily been T-boned by that car. That's heavy. And even as I'm standing here, I'm realizing the magnitude <laughs> of of um, my safety could have been brought into jeopardy. So number one, ride in safe places or on the trainer like my wife told me I should have done. Stubbornness, uh, not stubbornness, but just I hate riding on the trainer. But my wife is smart, and she thought of... Uh, Maybe keep it safe and ride the trainer. I wish I'd ride in the trainer last night. But then also I'm glad too that I also recognize that God was looking out for me. Are we looking for those God moments where God actually intervenes in our lives today? Although God may not be present with us, I can shake Jesus' hands right now. I wish I could. That would be awesome. But are you looking for the everyday moments where God shows up, where the Holy Spirit is leading and guiding and prodding you in your life? And when God does, are you open and receptive to be able to listen and and heed? I am has come. I am has saved us. I am wants to be with us. I am desires a relationship with you. Do you choose to have a relationship with the I am? And as you do so, in the next seven weeks, may that relationship and that desire grow even further as we truly discover different aspects of The I am, as the light, as the bread, as the gate, as the shepherd, as the way, the truth, and the life, the resurrection, and the life, and the connectedness of being connected to the true vine. May God bless you, lead you, and guide you. God, as we take a moment now to pause, just give you thanks and praise for, Lord, who you are. You are the true I am. You have been from the beginning. And now, God, you are still continuing to lead. Be with us. May we be faithful to you and as well, Lord, in the next seven weeks as we discover who you are. May we be blessed and strengthened and empowered. In Jesus' name, amen. Grace and peace. We hope you have been blessed by this message from the Downey Seventh-day Adventist Church. You can find more messages at www. DowneyChurch.org. God bless.